Last time on The Empire's Edge. The Baron is dead. He's been assassinated. You heard the name Roderick spoken, which is Roden's son. Two of the guys look at each other and kind of roll their eyes. They're like, oh, great. You ride up to a person who looks to be in charge. Yeah, so it looks like she's buying it. <laughs> what do you mean buying it? I told the truth. I, I get us into a parade march. Oh, okay. It's going to look impressive. <laughs> Somebody else, the Sargus. <laughs> the Sargus has come to town. One of his own baronial guards, apparently a, a favorite of his, that this Warland guard named Casimir is being named a hero of Warland. The baronial heir, Roderick Cutler, has taken the name of Roderick Casimir Cutler in honor of his late father's most loyal and dedicated friend, even though they're from different classes, a champion of his heart. How am I supposed to react to that? Because that's awesome. I just I just love that so much. <laughs> I was biting my tongue the entire time you were talking. One of the men that are in the staff, and the way he's dressed, you would think he is gonna be like a, like a chief butler, that on whatever the little badge is that he wears that indicates that he is a person that has some authority, it must have turned and flipped as he turned and talked to one of you or one of his own staff, and you can see that there is a pattern on that. And as you take a look and look closely at that pattern, it looks very much like that other pattern that's been described to you that you saw in that one symbol that Boris had. It looks like a steel cloud. So, Zelen, you have just noted that the household butler has this symbol and then in a moment, as he just sort of you know, straightens out his tunic, it flips back the other way so you can't see that that symbol is there. Just that momentary tell. I take a quick glance at Boris and Jacob to see if either of them may have noticed. Like, uh, you know, can we do a quick eyebrows raise? Did we raise? take a quick perception check? Someone's making eyes at me. I take a perception. Why don't you both make a, make a perception roll? Unnatural 20, I think I did. Uh, 15. You are both very aware that Zelen is looking at you with one eyebrow up. You have no idea why she's looking at you with one eyebrow up. Put the other okay. eyebrow up. Amusingly, <laughs> <laughs> Natalie a, can't do that I in real know. life. That's <laughs> a bummer. <laughs> but it's fun to ask her to try. <laughs> so, right. visual humor. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're here for. Um, do, you uh, mean there isn't a camera here yet? <laughs> All right. Does Donate it, to us on Scribe, Subscribestar. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Like, I, I don't want to say anything. I'm just like, no, I, 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 as so, soon as I realize that neither of you saw it, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it off and we can talk about it later. At this point, whatever minor luggage you guys have, which is pretty minor, I think <laughs> yeah, it's what you carry backpack. in your back. So <laughs> yeah, if right. someone takes your backpack from you, <laughs> my lady. <laughs> Yeah, if they're going to take it from me, I'm following them because I don't want that out of my sight. That that still has my crystal wizard books in it. You're being led upstairs oh, yeah. and they're trying to carry and help you with whatever gear. They're used to nobles <laughs> coming into town. I'm like a foot taller and, than all of them. So I just look at them. Well, but they also are used to people that have numerous cases, you know, trunks, all sorts of things. More than one change More of clothes. More than one little backpack <laughs> and a change of clothes. Yeah, I think you know, buying some clothing would be a good idea. But they lead you upstairs and take you to different suites in the, the house itself. And you have your own space. You can unpack, do those sorts of things. So anyone would do anything before you guys get to just like nighttime, it's dinner, it's the morning, you're back out looking at the city. So I'd like to check the room thoroughly to see if there's any place that I could hide the crystal books. So I, there's a lot of people around here. There's this one guy with the steel cloud symbol. I don't know what any of that is. So I don't have to carry these crystal books with me. I'm not leaving them unattended. But is there any... Can I roll an investigation that you can... Yeah. I want to search around my room too, just in case like, you know, not thinking that Arkland people are going to like sneak into our room and kill us, but just like there's nothing planted in our room. There's no other secret entrances. Just giving the room a once over to make sure Given it's that safe. my room had the secret doors, yes, I think right. I'll do that too. All right, yeah. So everyone make that investigation check. Uh, and I rolled a Zellin? 13. I rolled a 12. The The room is very put together. This was very, very well constructed. Oh, as As you've gone through this room, Zellin, you note that there isn't any secret door of the manufacturer that you guys found in Warland. Right. That you're looking for something very much like that. You're not finding any. Potentially, that means that there aren't any secret doors at all. But at the same time, you didn't find a good spot just to stash stuff in here either. Yeah. You could certainly put things on the back shelf of, of a bureau, in the back of a dresser drawer, but it looks as though there isn't just an easy place to 
Yeah, the, there is no screen to lift out of uh, of the the air conditioning duct or sure, anything yeah, or like a loose that. floorboard. And I you could didn't find anything or... that way. It's very well put together. So, um, once I realize that, I'm going to head to their rooms to see if they have any place that. Do that I have a window have in my room? Look? Uh, you all have windows in your room. Uh, what's the window filled with? Just like hide or actual glass or the what? actual space it looks like it is a crystalline as though somebody wow. sliced crystal like a clear or you know, mostly clear crystal wow, and okay. then fit it into place so it so has no the uneven, getting out through the window yeah it has the uneven lines of no they a, don't open uh they do oh. it has the uneven lines i just meant jumping through oh okay don't, yeah. don't shatter the window it's very expensive well you don't can shatter the window it won't <laughs> <laughs> oh. you might go to, you're big you could jump through it but it, it is, it's crystalline. You would gauge it to be somewhere between like three eighths and a half an inch thick, mm -hmm. these individual panes, but it has the lines like, like lead lining around it as though okay. like a stained glass window would have. So reasonably sealed against outside air? Shouldn't yeah, too much of a reasonably. Yeah, there's not much of a draft. But you um, also see that it's also, there is a single section of the window that has a sash, not the entire window itself, right, but a yeah. portion of it opens. Uh, I don't trust my demonstrably fairly casual investigation, so I'm going to pack and light my pipe and see if there's any draw as I kind of pace the room with that of the smoke. Okay, so you're doing that for probably a number of minutes, so let's get back well, to yeah, the Well, yeah, and I'm just enjoying the pipe, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jacob, what did you say you rolled? Uh, 12. As you're looking around your room, trying to find a spot, you're noting the same things that were related to Zellin, and that is it's very solidly built. There's no obvious secret doors like there had been in Warland. What good is a secret door if it's obvious, right? I suppose not, but it, it got to the point <laughs> where... it's a door. The people, <laughs> it's I find my way back to how I got into the room. I'm like, aha! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you, hear the door, you hear the click in the latch behind you and you have no idea how to get back out. <laughs> I'm trapped. What are you, a dog? <laughs> but as you're looking, thinking, well, there's nothing in the walls that I can do. The, the ceiling, there's nothing there for me. That... As you are looking at the bed, around the bed area, you just note that the way that these two boards are, it might have been, it was just maybe improperly made, it wasn't fitted quite right, but it's right by the headboard of the bed. There's just a slight gap between one board and the next board, but that's all you get out of your 12. Do I hear a beating heart? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the squishing of a spleen is the telltale spleen. You hear me knocking on the door. Oh God! And uh, suddenly there came a rapping. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go. Um, are you actually knocking? I, I imagine she's probably by about that point. time. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. probably has come. Yeah. You do. You're looking out of this thing. You know, like at the door outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm barely dressed. No, I, I, <laughs> Wait a moment. I just crapped myself. <laughs> I open up the door. Hello. Hello. It's a, a sage I'm burning. <laughs> <laughs> so Zellen steps into the room. Yeah, so I'm going to um, close the door behind me and say, hey, I, I know. <laughs> Make yourself at home. I, I noticed something when, the, um, when the, the servants, whatever they're called, were all gathered together that I think you and Boris should both know too. Was that the weird eyes you were making at me? Yes. Is there, um, I, my room is so tight. There's no place I can hide anything. I don't want to carry these crystal books with me necessarily, but there's some information that you guys should know too. I don't also want to leave them here if they're going to be obvious. As a matter of fact, I was about to investigate something before you scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and I, I gesture to that little gap that I saw on the ground that potentially we'll take or a look at it and see what frame. it is. Or in the yeah. Wall behind the bed frame? I thought you said it was, it was the on floor, the floor. floorboards oh, right okay. underneath okay. the bed. Oh, yeah. I'm not paying attention. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I investigate the, the floorboards of the bed frame, underneath the bed frame. You think the only thing that's on your person that could actually fit into that little gap between one board and the other would be the point of a knife, but it wouldn't go in very far before just the width mm. of the blade is going to max itself out. Yeah, so I'll do okay. that. And we'll... So the, you can't the, pry a board up or anything oh, no, that I can I, oh, put these boards in? Are you trying to lever it or I don't... You're, you're would it be exactly. too loud if I try to do that? Like they would hear like... Well, like we ripped <laughs> up enough board. So you're putting some pressure on it, so... Yeah, just... If it starts to make too much noise, then I don't because I don't want them to think that we're, you know, wrecking the, the place. Wrecking the place. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it's, uh, it would seem as though you could not lever this thing sideways without it doing structural damage to the floorboard. That you're going to either snap the tip off of the, the knife or you're going to, like, damage the wood. Yeah. But at that closer examination, you're right down to it. You believe that there might actually be something like a key that could fit into this thing. Ooh. 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 All right, that's interesting. Let's go get Boris. Yeah. So we, we open up and we just hear like reggae well, music well, playing. Ska, <laughs> Scar, thank you. Smoke, <laughs> smoke, smoke rolling down the, the hallway. That is the impression that I get. 
by the time you get down to this, so Boris, you're a knock on the door. It's open. Um, but do you want them to open it right now or do you want to make a determination where the smoke's going before there's this in-draft of air? Uh, I would like to make that determination. Okay, I've so been doing that for go the ahead past and, few minutes. Go ahead though. and roll that investigation out before. Somehow I'm worse with the help. Five. You don't note that there's any smoke that's being either blown out of a section or that is pushing away from an area. Mm. Hmm. All right. So do we come in now? I said it's over. Release yeah. the hot box and yeah, open so up the door. It's just tobacco. Okay, so when we get in there and the door is closed and I have noted that there's nobody in the hallway, can do I have to look? or Because I wouldn't talk if there was somebody in the hallway. There was nobody in the hallway as you okay. were back in. I'm going to share the information that um, the butler, his he had some kind of symbol, some kind of thing he was wearing, and the back of it has the steel cloud, that same symbol that we've seen in other places. So I would like to try to figure out, I mean, I guess I'll just carry the crystal books, the crystal um, spell books with me, unless you have a place to hide them. There's no place that, I'm not leaving them here, because I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what that means. Right. It's and definitely it's, not the best for hidden equipment. And do you, have you found any place that we could stash something? I've been looking more for secret doors, to be perfectly honest. Got it. Did you find any secret doors? No. Oh. Well. <laughs> Neither did I. Do you guys share the information about the... Yeah, I talk about the little hole that might open up a, something in my room. Well, I have a hammer, but that's not quite the solution you're after, I think. Yeah, well, we haven't tried it yet. But um, we don't... So we, the only thing that we have that's small that like, fits in there was a knife or maybe a dart, but we don't have like thieves tools or anything that would actually right, be able yeah, to... yeah, nothing like that. Did <clears> we <throat> actually get a key from somewhere? Oh, yeah, I've one. got a key. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've tried that in every other lock. Let's see. I mean, does, yeah, it, let's does go it seem like an actual see. keyhole or is it really just a hole that might have, you know, something fits into it and then that's the puzzle piece that opens up. Well, let's up go back and investigate it more. When you were closer to it, it looked as though it was just a crack in the board or a crack between two boards that has the length of a foot or two feet where just the boards didn't fit tight against the, each other. It's only a gap that's about a half an inch long. So it looks a little more like it was made mm. that a person cutting mm. that board for this kind of a house or when you're, you're sure that it's been redone a number of times. When they were redoing this, they wouldn't have left that kind of an error. It seems yeah. so telegraphed, but it is about the same size that a key would be to go into a spot okay, like so that. Yeah. I think but we'll there all... was no mechanism that you saw. I think nice. I think we'll all move back over to my room, and then we'll uh, we'll investigate that together as a group. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's worth a shot. I don't think the key to the Worland Chapel will open much, but it's who knows. It's you never know. Blessed you try, yeah. So I'm not sure the key we get there. is blessed. We get there, I point out the, the, the hole in the ground. Yeah, just, it would, the key wouldn't even fit. But, but does it feel like it's, it is like a hole that a key would go into? Like he, it kind of slotted into something in that way that would well, give us a... It doesn't fit. It doesn't even oh. fit into it. Oh, so the, the key is too big. The, the key to the Warland Chapel is very old school skeleton key. It just oh. doesn't, even, doesn't even fit. Even like trying to put a pencil into a conventional, like the lock on your front door of your house. It just gotcha. doesn't go in there. Hmm. Mm. And there's is um, I'm going to investigate it to see if there's any way that we can kind of if we just kind of pry it. Do I think I could just pop it open? You are all reasonably strong. You do yeah. think with a little bit of pressure, you probably could force you know a board up. You know, Jacob, you're you're sure of it from before. Yeah. That if you did put your dagger point down inside that and just lever it sideways, something's going to break. Is that something that we want to look into right this second with the? With no, the, let's see if we can get them out. Yeah. Um, do they do they live here with us, or are they just here for now? And then when the nighttime comes, they kind of do their own thing. They Nobody leave. asked, but it'd be likely that there's somebody that stays on station, and some people would go home. Okay. Before I go, I'm I'm gonna detect magic on this space and just see. Wait, you just, ready to is go there anything or inside of it? I we don't we don't have anything to do. I'd rather do a ritual than use this pelt yeah, spell we, slot. We was, like the the day was starting to wind down, right? Did we just be preparing for bed right. around nine anyway? Yeah. So yeah, so I'm gonna do a detect magic because I don't want you to sleep here. There could be something magical yeah, in like that thing that my could bed. blow up or something. <laughs> anyway, you hear a ticking sound. So I'm it's gonna that mysterious ticking noise. I'm gonna detect magic and see if. Okay, so ten minutes later you cast that, and yes, yeah. you do detect magic. Ooh. <gasps> Is it the magic that we're all carrying because we're all carrying a lot of magical no, goods? No, I detect magic that would just right be rude. there. <laughs> no, can, it's, it's on that. It's that. on that space. Yeah, uh, what, is, what does detect magic give you again? Like, uh, it what do you It gives me the, um, the ability to detect magic. Oh, well then. 
<laughs> what a well-named spell. Thank you for that. I go to bed. <laughs> for, the, for the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the era that bears magic. And you learn its school of magic, if any. Okay. So in addition it's to It's blocked the- by one foot of stone, common metal, thin lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. So in addition to the hits you get from each one of you, you're also aware that, yes, there's something on the floor right there by the the head of the bed on the floor in Jacob's room that is radiating magic. Okay, so the next thing I'd like to do is find traps to see if it's trapped. So do you have to concentrate a little more to get that more information? So that's a different spell. That's a second level divination. It's one action, instantaneous. No, no, I'm talking about your, your detect magic. If you keep it concentrating, you said, can you get the school of magic? Is that right yeah. away? No, that's right away. Okay, so you would have also noted that it's abjurition. Abjurition, what does that mean? Uh, it's like typical like magic for protective those kind of magic. Protective oh, it's stuff. Protective magic. Yeah. It's so magic that, does circles, that mean more than likely? It, I'm going to be sharing all this with you. So does that mean more than likely oh, well, it's going to be tracked? Tra- me, the character, wouldn't know that. That was me, David, answering the question. No, but uh, uh, I, the paladin, might. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So, yeah. I'll say that again. I encourage <laughs> you to make an arcana check, given you're the one that knows magic stuff. Oh, I'm going to make an arcana check to see what else I can figure out. Yeah. Do Go for it. it. And I rolled a, is that Number. a skill? It is a skill. Yeah, it's yes. like the third one. Um, that's a 16. Basis. Pretty good, yeah. You believe that this is an arcane lock spell. It's an arcane lock spell. So okay. how do we get into it? Yeah, how do you combat that? Do you, do you just have to know? Oh, like I'm supposed to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what the spell Do is. I roll again? Like if I know it's an arcane, do I do another arcane spell? Now that I know that it's an arcane lock, do I roll if again? It's, if it's a spell that you have access to as a druid, then you would pretty much know it immediately. Knowing of it might require, if you don't know it, then you might have to do a bit more research into it. But if you've shared that with us, then maybe Boris, is it a spell that a paladin has that you could just say like, oh yeah, Arcane Locks, I know that, Arcane Locks, oh, I don't have that spell on my list. Okay, so maybe a paladin does. Um, Doubt. It's kind of a wizard shenanigans. It is a wizard shenanigans. So maybe you do have it on your list. But wait, I do have a Dispel Magic. You do, so uh, what you're aware is that, and it is, it's a spell that you have read about from the crystalline spellbook. So you do have access to it. So to cast it, you touch a closed door, a window, gate, chest, or any other entryway, and it becomes locked for the duration. If you and the creatures you designate, rather, oh, you and the creatures you designate when you cast the spell can open the object normally, you can also set a password that when spoken within five feet of the object suppresses the spell for one minute. Otherwise, it is impassable until it is broken or the spell is dispelled or suspended. Casting knock on the object uh, suppresses arcane lock for 10 minutes. Uh, While affected by the spell, the object is more difficult to break or force open. The DC to break it or pick any lock on it also increases by 10. So does that mean I can cast a spell lot magic or? The the person, yeah, uh, you might be able to. You'd have to be making a check versus whoever it was that set this lock. Yes, dispel magic would serve that function. So then I want to cast dispel magic and see if I can get it open. So then, um, choose one creature, object, or magical effect. Any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For each spell of fourth level or higher on the target, make an ability check using your spell casting ability. The DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. On a successful check, the spell ends. At a higher level, when you cast the spell using a spell slot of fourth level or higher, which I don't think I have yet, yeah, so, so I don't think that works. Okay. What do I do? Uh, there is no roll. Oh. It's just, it's, an, it's, it's a DC, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Second level spell. I love the dance that follows that. <laughs> so you cast this. And I dispel magic. And well, you're just looking at it. It doesn't like pop open or something like that. Right. But does, so do I then have to detect magic again to see if it's still locked? Or can I just tell that that unlocked it? That worked. And this... You believe that it's unlocked it. Okay. I'll, I'll, it's unlocked. I'll, I'll, I'll put the tip of my dagger back in and try and pry it open again. You're able to. You believe, Jacob, that if you had had a particular piece of something that was designed to put in there and lift it out because... The dagger would mar the wood. It's going to do something. So some of it has a piece of metal that's just the right size could lift this thing up hmm. without that happening. But so it, a steel cloud talisman, perhaps? Uh, no, uh, that wouldn't be never uh, good, mind. good. Good no question. Way, that would no have been, way, though, I would have felt so dumb. No, yeah. no <laughs> would not be the right size or shape for this. It'd be something more 
kind of screwdriver-ish with the tip of the, the a flatbed screwdriver bent to one side oh, okay. Okay. To, to lift this okay. thing up. All right, good. But when you open this thing up, there is a small leather bag inside. Ooh. Now, uh. the, the area of this thing would be about the size of uh, like a lunchbox. It's about okay. four or five inches deep uh, by about eight inches by about uh, eight or 10 inches. Is Dispel Magic another... Because um, Detect Magic is a concentration spell, right? It is. Is Dispel Magic another one or would not. you still have that going? It's an instantaneous. Yeah. Okay. So um, d asking her is like, is the bag magical? Does it yeah. So I'm going to check the bag because that lasts for 10 minutes. I think they Detect Magic. Before I touch it and it turns my yeah. entire body to stone. It is not radiating any kind of magic. But okay. it might still be a mimic. It's not, it's, it's not magic. It yeah. eats you. I, uh, oh, God. I grab it, yeah. And, and I... you can tell right away that it's coin. Ooh. Oh. Now, what else you notice, too, is that there is a layer of like dust, not like dust that would gather on a, a table because people have been occupying that place, but the kind of dust that matriculates from floorboards and walked on for a long time. Oh, this time. is perfect. So this is a dust. This looks like it's been here for... Maybe a decade, maybe wow. more. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, how I don't, much coin? Yeah. Uh, like just open it up and just give a cursory estimation. You would figure there's probably about a uh, hundred silvers in the bag. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already have our own kind of spending cash, but this is a nice little thing to know is here. Yeah, it is a nice thing to have in reserve. Yeah, but when judging by the the what's it called? Um, Volume. No, the dust. Dust. The yeah. dust that's all over it. No one really kind of comes in or yeah, checks on it. Yeah, somebody put this in the little stash and then has forgotten about it. Okay. Well, perfect. Well, is this it big is enough where, that your, uh, your yeah, wizard well, my, things Will my crystal there? blocks yes, you believe fit your, in there? Your crystal blocks could fit in there. Okay. Excellent. Would we have to take out the, the coin bag? Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll throw that in. You want to swap it out? My pocket. <laughs> sure. You want to swap it out? Um, oh, put the, put the you, blocks Yeah, you put the coins in your bag and put the blocks in here. Yeah. Yeah. That. Definitely. So I'm going to make that switch. Is there anything else that could fit? Like, could the scalpels fit in there? Do you want those in uh, there? Anything else? We on top of that. They, they could. We left the scalpels behind. We oh, did? I, I forgot. Right. You guys didn't take oh, them okay. back with Is there you? anything else that that we don't want with us that It'd would be, be good pretty to have? thin. Yeah, but. I don't yeah. have I don't have anything that, I don't have anything bad um, on me that I want to get I, I go and retrieve the uh, Zrek stone tome from my bag and put it in this. Okay, okay good. Oh, the, the Z block? Like yeah, goes yeah the it? Z block. And what about the, the, the rock that we have in the tinderbox? I'm that keeping that on rock? my purpose. I was going to say, on my person. we already put the entirety of the spell book in here. I don't know. Like if someone finds that, then they have everything. Yeah. I don't think we want to give them any more stuff. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So you, you but, test but the lid. But what I'd like to do, if, if I can, if I have the ability, is to use the same spell, that our same arcane lock spell, and put it back on this. So... If somebody else, I mean, obviously nobody's found it for years, but yeah. if somebody else happened to stumble on it, they wouldn't just be able to, to open it. It's locked in some way. Makes sense. Yeah, you'd be able to do that. You know you could because of what you've you've set up and prepared once you re-prepare spells. Yeah. Okay, so I could do it tomorrow morning. Does it all fit back together like it's supposed to? Or it does. It, the okay. lid you, you test it, the lid closes, and it fits flush. We obviously swap something under the rug, and now there's just a mound, mound in the middle of the rug. Uh, well, no, it is, it's definitely flesh. Okay. But when you put your dagger you know, into the tip of it again, you can again lift it up. There's no, there's right. nothing actually, there's not even a latch that makes it click or yeah. anything. Okay. So it's just the magic that holds this thing. That's shut. good for, okay. for one night. That should be a fine thing, but we'll, we'll have you lock With it you again. With you on top when of you can special. That yeah. That's right. Yeah. Move the bed sure. over yeah. a little bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. The... All right. So do you guys yeah, so ask that's them good. to switch rooms? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Should we switch rooms? Uh, we can. Do we want to do anything that would draw any sort of potential suspicion to it? Well, that'd be easy to talk around. Yeah, I would okay. agree. Sure. Yeah, that I'd rather face in whichever direction you're, uh, That's right. Jacob's room is facing. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just switch rooms. Because okay. then, because otherwise I can't study them. I can't do anything with them. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Go for it. So we're going to trade rooms too. And when you tell the chief butler that, uh, it, he just gives the orders. They're doing that. Uh, yes, of course. We'll have your luggage moved immediately. <laughs> like, what does switching rooms do? You guys just walk to the other <laughs> Can we do a, like, not sense mode, insight on this guy to see if he's being, like, snarky about us not having any luggage? Go ahead. Of course he is. Natural one. <laughs> you have no idea. He is the most polite man you uh, have ever met. Thank you, Mr. I, Butler somebody man. nobly raised and who can recognize that? <laughs> a little disdain. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> he, he's stunned that you people I'm are I'm a little nobles. disdaining of myself, given the amount of dirt I've been covered in recently. <laughs> uh, but no. his last name is Woodvane. He's ah. uh, Carl Woodvane is the guy's name. Okay. Good to know. What a nice guy. Right. I, so we switch rooms? I, I go to bed. All right. Uh, one thing for me to note, uh, how typical was it that there was an armored person 
armed and armored person through this city. I'm just deciding whether or not to leave how much of my gear behind when we get up in the morning. Pretty rare, apart from guards. You definitely saw people that had like a, a portion of like a half plate on. Some people had chain. But for the most part, people were just in their clothes. Then I'm going to get a hold of, um, you said his name was Woodvane? Woodvane, right. Uh, and get him to secure like an armor stand for me so I can have something to actually properly put this splint and you know, my shield on. At once. Carl, do does everybody we met, do they all stay in the castle? I, I mean, in the home all the time? Are they here all the time? Or do they come and go? Do they have their own homes that they sleep in? Or does everybody sleep here? Everyone has their own home, milady. There are those who will remain on staff, on station, if you need something through the night. Thank you. You are dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Slap him yeah, the You head. may leave. Yeah, so uh, the night passes without incident. It's the next morning. Oh, we forgot to set watch. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wouldn't need to. Knowing you, you probably cast your alarm spell anyway. That's, that's built into You get it. up to go to the bathroom and treat it yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So then the next morning, here's what I'm thinking. If the three of, did the three of us get together in the morning and kind of like review what we want to do breakfast. today? Yeah. So here's my thought process. I would like to try to figure out what's up with Carl and his participation in um, the Steel Cloud. Here's my thinking. He clearly kind of is looking down his nose at us. Well, at least Jacob and I. Say, we're actually higher. So, we're royalty. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. what I'm yeah, thinking our, is I can... Again, nobility. What I'm thinking is I can use this to our advantage um, because I want to go to him and act kind of country bumpkin and gosh, you know, I've been made act. this noble. And wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. Thank I you for saying I think it's a great it. idea. Keep, keep going. Um, so I've I've been raised to this nobility, but I don't know any of the rules. I don't know any of the social norms. Go to him and ask him well, like you through boot if camp he kinda could teaches teach you. me the different ways to do things. Because my thought process is, if he's in the teaching mode, he's going to he is going to relax, and I could potentially find out more. He's going to view me as no threat. He's going to view me as his pupil. So he could then he could then drop his, any guard he might have and give me. I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll make sure you have the um, steel cloud like talisman symbol thing that we took from Lynch as well. You know, maybe drop that at an opportune moment, kind of a thing. Okay. All right. Good. All right. So then, after your breakfast, and there's people at you know in attendance there, and breakfast is at a time, and you walk in, it's a buffet, and you just serve yourselves. Right. Then, when you're done eating, and you approach him, so I'm guessing that both Boris and Jacob have left the room. As the majority of the staff, and you ask him to stay for a moment, um, he does not look very keen on the idea as you're talking, but recognizes its value. That uh, I, I would be very acceptable to that, my lady. Uh, it must be difficult to be moving from one class to the next without knowing what the expectations are. Thank you. I, I sincerely appreciate your help, and I truly. I, I grew up in the country. I've traveled. Uh, but I have no exposure to this, and I would love to know at least enough that I don't embarrass myself or the people I'm representing. So roll an insight. Wow. Ooh, dang. Uh, 19 plus something. 19 <laughs> plus 8. Wow. wow. So natural, unnatural 27. You are certain. Natural 27 would be even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you are certain that though he says he'll do this, that it could take him a long time to, to soften up to you and just relax around you as he's doing this. Uh, but his first statement is, when would you like to begin? Um, I, I, I'm not working. <laughs> You're working. So I'm happy to start right now. Um, is, is this an acceptable time or are there better, better times during your day? He steps back and gestures to one of the chairs. Okay, great. So I'm going to take that to mean take a seat and I'm going to do so. All right, so... Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was thinking about dropping the steel cloud right then as I sit down. I'm gonna do it. So as I sit down, I'm gonna see if I can drop it, but then pick it up like almost instantaneously. Pick it up really fast. All right. So go ahead and roll your deception. Are you sure you don't mean insight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, not bad. Sixteen. He has a reaction. And it could be very telegraphed for him, but it's an eyebrow raise. But he doesn't say anything. But okay. you know he knows you have this. Okay. He doesn't say a word. Yeah, that's fine. I don't expect him to say anything. I just 
want to put it out there. Okay, so it's definitely there. And he begins with instruction about the, the table settings. And so this this will go on flight two hours. Until I want to poke my eyes out, I understand. <laughs> but With the dessert fork. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to... Um, uh, Eyeballs are an appetizer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, what do you do once you leave breakfast? Uh, I, uh, first thing I want to do is start uh, tracking down stuff to do with these uh, bows. The information that I got from, I guess that was um, Woodvane uh, last night about how to get there, the instructions were kind of iffy, but I'd like to know a bit more about where I'm going before I just go there. Yeah, I think he told you to go to um, Johan Street. Yeah, he yeah, gave he me gave like, you turn here, turn like left here. General direction. So I, I, I'd I, like to go and see if I can't talk to um, the boyer from... Uh, what The, the, Ar- the Ark Palace? The Palace, yeah, and see okay. if I can't uh, talk to him at all and just see. He's like, hey, so I was told to talk to this guy. What can you tell me about this guy? Okay, so sure. I, I go back to that place that I don't necessarily feel welcomed into at the moment because they didn't give us like a free pass back into the castle. <laughs> right. So as you do get to the palace gate where you went through security the day before, and you recall that even though it was an entire entourage, it took you a little while to get through before they just like passed yeah. people. So when you get there, there is a short line. Oh. And it's people that have business inside the palace and they're having their credentials checked. Uh, there's review. Sometimes it just waits and waits. A person steps off to the side. Somebody comes out, vouches for them. And let me just roll to see if it comes up. Uh, I'll go low. No. So no one is turned away in the time you're waiting. So okay. everybody that, that's there is getting in. And the queue moves up slowly. You know, about a half an hour, 35 minutes later, you are at the front of the queue. What do you say to the guard? <clears throat> I say, I am Sir Jacob Treadstone here to meet with the castle boyer or the palace boyer is what I'd say. Uh, he pulls out some kind of a document. He looks at it, flips the thing over, and he said, um, Sir Treadstone, I do not see you on the castle invite. Uh, it is not a, um, <clears throat> it's not a scheduled uh, uh, meeting. We only arrived in the city yesterday. I was just like, <clears throat> just like letting him know, I was like, we're here for a short period of time. We didn't have, I didn't have time to set up a meeting. I just like to talk to him and ask him a few questions about Bowcraft and Understood. The city. He turns to a runner and he said, summon Ron Tidewell. Um, he's summoned to the main gate complex. Uh, my Lord, if you would step to the side of this waiting area, uh, we'll see if we can resolve this as quickly as possible. Okay. And that runner goes off toward the building and you wait a little while. <clears throat> you wait for 30 minutes until you can see there's a man walking out. Uh, the runner came back almost immediately. Okay. A man comes out, he walks up and the line is always about the same length. There's always, it seems like, about eight or 10 people trying to get in. And then in small groups, people leave the palace area too. And when he comes up, he says, you know, just to that guard there, you know, yes, what is it? And that guard just nods toward you. And he walks over and again, you don't look like a noble in yeah. any way. He walks over and he's, you know, arms akimbo. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and I reintroduced myself. I said, it is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Sir Jacob Treadstone. We are here as part of the entourage from uh, Warland, Barony, and... You see, with the, without an insight roll, you, you can tell he's looking like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, when did they start bringing nobles in wearing buckskin? <laughs> You're supposed to be able to tell by looking at them. Uh, all apologies, my lord, of course. And he looks over to the guard. The guard just nods to him, and you go through the that main gate complex, uh, and you're into the main area. So again, why is you here to see me? I just wanted to ask questions and speak to um, a master in the in the art of crafting and and creating bows and 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 ammunition. Just to just to see what I can glean from you, what I can share with you that I've learned in in our time in the in the. Uh, what were the, in the in the brimroar? That's the. Word. I, I would love to to share my workshop with you. Uh, please follow me, and he leads you through uh, like the the one east side of the palace. That's obviously like the working man side of the palace uh, to the lower level, out the back, and then there's a, a series of different buildings that look like they produce stuff there. And you can hear you know the chopping of wood, uh, the clink clang of a couple of different forges. And he takes you over to an area that's like a, a, a Morton building in size. The thing's huge. And there are men all over the place and they are making arrows and they're making bows and repairing arrows and making bowstrings and everything else. So it is quite the operation in here. Uh, takes you over to a, a bench and there's some chairs and, he, you know, please sit. May I, I find something for you to drink? Okay. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Yeah, so, well, good. It's about nine o'clock in the morning. Let's have some wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and and do five o'clock somewhere. But he's definitely waiting for you to to to, to lead. He doesn't know what to say to you first. You've you've got to go because you've established your uh, your preeminence. Yeah, I'll start with um not the most interesting thing, but I'll produce one of the um the owl fletched feather or er, dang it. I have not said that in such a long time, and I always say it wrong. The owl feather arrows. <laughs> Why is that owl strapped to this piece of wood? <laughs> you wouldn't believe how well they fly. But, um, you know, I produce one of those arrows, and I start to explain to them the um, kind of what we went through. Maybe not necessarily the magical properties that they have, but maybe just kind of explaining how I found that these um, feathers that I gathered from, what, were that air, what was that area called? Where the uh, Donalar were, the, brim, uh, the Bugbear Valley. Yeah, he wouldn't even know these places. Yeah, so, so I, but you I, use, I use in the brim yeah, roar. I use names to sound, you know, like oh, okay. like kind of like exciting and and more more knowledgeable. But just talk about how like I figured out that when I would flesh well, the, yeah, near the Donalar Heights, if you said something like that, ooh, yeah. like ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's like and, stuff of myth, really. Yeah. So and then so fletching the arrows with that and how they would like they would feel and fly a little bit better and just explaining that kind of a, a stuff to them and then yeah, you guys could talk. You you. Probably go on for hours. I bet, yeah. The same way that Zellin's over at the house you guys are staying in, and she's getting etiquette training for hours. You're just talking to this guy. Until I want to poke my eyes out with an arrow? No, very different. <laughs> that he has a lot to say and share. And you realize that uh, what you already knew, but with the equipment that he has, various vices that'll hold an arrow, uh, hold a fletching in place, uh, what he uses for glues, what they've perfected, uh, wrapping the individual fletchings, all these different things on a technical level that you're probably actually undoing some of the errors that you are, mm-hmm. you know, pre-fletched uh, with owl feathers and are redoing them, and they're much more secure. You like how they're done. He makes suggestions about this. You talk about that. So it loses all pretense that he's talking to a person of the noble class, mm-hmm. and he's just talking to you about this craft that he loves so much. So do this for me, though. If you have any kind of a... Uh, make it a straight charisma check unless you have a persuasion, something else like that, to see what kind of an effect you're having on him as this time goes on. Because this would be an unusual one for him, that he's talking Ooh, to yeah. a person of the noble class about something that most noblemen, unless they're that particular non-courtier type of nobleman, would not get into. Yeah, I do not have proficiency in persuasion, uh, but I do have a plus three in charisma, which makes that an unnatural 20. Oh, very good. <laughs> nice. Nice. That after a while, uh, you both realize that uh, that you were calling him just Ron, and on a couple of occasions, you realized you called him Tide. You know, his name is Ron Tidewell, and it's called him Tide because people that are, are there were calling him Tide, uh, and that, that was so familiar uh, that he said, well, you know, Jacob, look at this, and then he blanches. He looks at you, and he's like, I am so sorry, my Lord. My apologies. It's uh, fine. So that after an hour, probably a little less than that, you are getting a little tipsy. You guys have been drinking wine while you're working on this and talking so focusedly on how to fletch these arrows, the creation of bows and arrows. A lot of the technical things he's worked out because he has the expertise to focus on that and do nothing else. That you feel like you're striking up a friendship with this guy. Ooh, uh, that awesome. you feel as though with that, that, that was a... You said it was a natural, unnatural, unnatural, 20. unnatural 20 that, that if you came back to the gate and you said that you were here to see Tide, they'd probably just wave you in Ooh. that, uh, that there's that kind of connection that you're one of those oh, guys. That could be so useful, especially since, you know, we, it, oh, it took me, well, it took me an over an hour to get in the, like now it took forever to get in the first time. This, that's really good to know. Really good to have. Yeah. So do you go into anything any more specific about, um, the, the bow? this, what you believe is uh, an R&R on Sigur bow. I think I do want to show him my bow because uh, it is it it is kind of like, you know, fantastical. It's This is a really cool bow. I And being friends with him, I don't think he's going to do anything like like see this and immediately go, oh, this guy must be evil or steal it from me or I get locked <clears> up in a dungeon. Uh-huh. My mind's racing in a whole bunch of different directions. So yeah, I, I do produce my bow and I, and I show it to him. I said, and this, this obviously my most prized possession. He's got a smile on his face because you don't produce it like out of your pocket. It's been like across your back the oh, yeah. entire time. So he smiles and he says, I thought as much. That's an R&R Jan Sigur. And he takes it from you as you're handing it to him. And he's looking at it. He says, well, you can just tell by the lines, the wood, the workmanship. Yeah, the embossing of the stone right here. Amazing. Uh, registered? What's its registration number? And he's not even looking at you. He's looking at the bow. And yeah, the... I look at him and I say, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I, I don't know what that means. And go ahead and roll an insight on him. He's really one <gasps> of you. 
Guess what I rolled? A natural, a natural 20? 20? <laughs> <laughs> he rolled an 18, which is very good for him, too. Oh, yeah. Insight would be a... Uh, where is Insight? Right there. 24. He is wondering at that moment if he, he's been buffaloed this entire time, that you have this stolen bow, and you're going to try to pass it off as yourself, or um, from from what he's, he's figuring, you wouldn't know this specifically, that he has the capacity to register these bows. That if he's going to be asked to like falsify some kind of information about that you have a registration for this. But as he's doing an insight on you, he also rolls so high mm-hmm. that he has with his eight would be a twenty-one. Oh yeah. That he's he's like, wait, no, this guy is totally legit. And so he squints at you for a moment. You're probably squinting back and he relaxes and says, Where on earth did you get a Yarnaryan Sigur bow? And it's unregistered. You you found one? Yeah, I guess without going too much into detail about the specifics of the journey, but just saying like as as we tracked as far as the gate of the ages in those in that time. So again, this guy, his like the, the top of his head is blown off the top of his oh, head. Yeah. Like, what? That's just too much. In in that time, we we did come across this bow and I I've only been recently learning about just how special it is. Uh, he goes to a little office area that he has and pulls out a book that you probably would have seen. Uh, this is more Boris's area, but it's actually a record. You've seen these before, records of uh, individual banners and crests for families. Mm-hmm. And he's just paging through the, the tome of this thing. But you see that this this particular text is just animals that are in bows. They're hand drawings. And you realize that it is a record of Arnar Yon Sigur bows. Oh, wow. And he goes through all of them and he goes through and goes through and goes through and goes through and he gets through the whole thing and he goes back again and he said, this is a lost bow. Oh. This is Arnar Yon Sigur bow 17. Cool. Been lost for who knows how long, potentially hundreds of years. Do I get the feeling that like he... Like, he's not going to do anything to try and take this from me. Like, he knows this is my bow. He's just kind of saying, like, this is fantastic that this exists. Do I get the feeling from him that it feels like this bow doesn't belong to me? Like, I need to be doing something to give it back? Uh, With your insight, I would say that he hasn't even gone there, that you're, you're maintaining that read on him. According to this, the last recorded owner of this, this bow, was someone named Joel Brandenburg. But I can't tell by the notation if he was noble or if he was a commoner, uh, the record is so old that there wasn't anything listed about that, and it might have been a blurred line. But they're usually, it, generationally, it moves from one person to the next. You can see, and he points out other bows, how it's passed from here, uh, father to son, from here, uh, mother to son, this one, mother to daughter, uh, and then here, from an uncle to a nephew. But it's, it's logged and understood who has each one of these bows. Now, it's very likely that the, the records can be out of date for some time as mm-hmm. information finally gets from uh, one master boyer to another. But this one, look, there's nothing there. Original owner, Joel Brandenburg. Last owner, Joel Brandenburg. I would say that puts it back, who knows, 100, 200 years. Wow. Wow. And, I mean, I've... I've when when we found it, I I can't tell just by looking at it any maintenance or any sort of work that had been done on it over time. It seems like it's in better condition than it should be for being as old as you're saying that it is. Um, he goes to a shelf and you know, a, a rack rather stand on the wall and says, "Here's my bow. I use all the time. And I take in I keep in very good condition. Your bow looks newer than this." Yeah. So I would agree. That's. Fantastic. I, I do appreciate all this information. I, I do have an, a, a couple more questions. When we were leaving Warland, I was speaking with the late Baron's uh, head of... Uh, oh, wait. Should I say that yet? It's up to you. <laughs> I don't know if that's gotten out yet. Because if he's wearing, if he's wearing the, the... Like, if the their, their Baron is wearing the, uh, the ceremonial robes for the loss of someone, he's already being public about it. I don't that's know how point. widespread that information has gotten, though, yet. Seems reasonable. Okay, so I'll, yeah, I, I will. Forward. I will actually say it as I said it. So the the late Baron of Orleans, um, head of the uh, guard captain Jordan Kane, told me to come here and speak with the boyer on Johann Street. What do you know of him? He's very skilled, makes very high quality bows. I don't know much about his past. If he's ever worked for uh, a baron, 
most people at his skill level have at some point been a baronial Fletcher or they came from the Corman Empire. I don't know anything about his past, but many people go to him, nobility as well, for the manufacture of bows. Okay. Um, so he himself, you don't know him personally, you don't, you don't know? Oh, I know him his... personally, but, but... Is there anything, if I need to go and, and talk to him, would, was there anything that I, I would need to know about him? Things not to say? He actually is a minotaur, and I don't want to be caught off guard by that. No, he's a human being. He has, <laughs> he's neither a villain or, nor a tiefling. His, his name is Larkin Silk. So when you go to Silk's house, and yes, it's on Johann Street in a cul-de-sac near the intersection with Flint Street, just that it can be a dangerous place to the unwary. Um, eyes front, mm-hmm. be, okay. be aware of what's happening around you. It won't be as common a place as what you believe it to be. But but he's he's dangerous only in that he's not he's not helpless. Okay. He knows the world's a dangerous place and so he protects himself. But I do believe that he is a good man. Well, I appreciate all the information you've given me. And the one last little thing that I want to leave you with as I'm as I go out here, because I definitely plan on coming back and continuing talking with you. Oh, I like that very much. One one idea that recently um, occurred to me was alternatives to uh, arrow tipping. We, we've recently found a large amount of amethyst, uh, gemstone. What do you think would be the possibility or likelihood of being able to tip arrows with such a stone? So he's using his insight of 21 he rolled from a little while ago just to see if like now you guys are friends that you're pulling his leg mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, you're serious. Mm-hmm. You it, want to tip arrows with it is gems? Certainly, yeah. it what is, kind of wealthy nobleman are you? <laughs> it is certainly a possibility. If you're going to tip with any kind of a stone, I'd go with like a flint or a, not a flint, a, like a, a feldspar or something like that, that actually has a glass-like uh, capacity to it. But amethyst, it won't fracture along a, a line so you can make a nice cutting blade to it. Could you tip an arrow with that? Yes, you could. But it'd be more like a targeting tip. It, it'll have as much uh, punch at closer ranges. I don't think you notice a difference. But it's not going to have the cutting capacity. And it's very likely just to come right back out where a, a typical, and he holds up an arrow, uh, a leaf-headed blade like this, it's going to go in, turn a little bit, and then get caught on organs, uh, bone. But that amethyst tip would be about the same size and shape as the actual you know, diameter of the mm-hmm. haft itself. But could it be done? Yes, it could be done. I just don't understand why you'd want to do it. Call it morbid curiosity. It was it was something that I, I thought about that would be an interesting thing to consider, but that, that information itself is, is already more than helpful. Okay, well, very good. Yeah, we can talk about it more if you wish to. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And then if you have nothing else, he's, he's going to lead you back out towards Yeah, no, end. I think I've already taken like uh, more than a few hours of this man's time. Okay, so you head back to the gate, then head out. Uh, Boris... Let's move on to you. Okay, so... First, you left breakfast. Yeah, first things first. I'm going to uh, retrieve my horse from Clive Bannister's livery stable. Okay. Um, so get that mount up um, and ride up to the palace. Um, uh, I don't think armored, but with sword, because I'm nobility and I would never go anywhere without sword. And it won't um, fit into that little box that... Zell and Lockley <laughs> no, yeah. with her spell this morning. Uh, so, you know, approaching gate mounted, um, ignoring any line or gathering, um, you moving straight up to whichever of guards I'd gauge to be in charge if nobody's really especially in charge, whoever's nearest. Uh, you do. So there is a line and you've got right to the front of that line. Um, and as you come up to it, again, the people that are in line are startled looking up at you. The guards don't seem too bothered. Mm. Roll an insight on the guard that's right there. Okie dokie. It's a 17. You feel quite sure that he is looking you up and down in the way that somebody determines a threat assessment. Yeah. That he's looking right now what he would do if you press this any further. And uh, you think that he would be fine with engaging you in a combat to the death right now. I mean, much more than a city guard who'd be like, you know, halt, what are you doing? And anger and frustration. It'd be like in a crowded uh, area, there's gunshots. Yeah. Most everyone drops to the ground. This is the guy that would stay standing there and he'd assess where the gunshots came right, from. Right, yeah. Interesting. Good to know. And you I'm said, pretty you said sure this, is at the, this is at the palace you said? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, I'm right okay. in the palace. 
I am Sir Boris Kirsanov, here to see the steward Octave Brink. Uh, your uh, identification. And I hand him the letters of introduction and make sure that I'm you know, showing the uh, uh, signet ring of Roden Cutler as I do so. And as you do that, uh, go ahead and roll that as, I would think, uh, either an intimidate or persuasion, whichever one. with intimidate. Would, I'm feeling would be, boss up on would, top of my would horse. Would be the one that, that does the thing. Unnatural 20. Yeah, he just glances at it in the most cursory way. Doesn't even have time to read it. And he's already refolding it, handing it back to you. Uh, my Lord, pass, of course. And I proceed. Yeah, on um, horseback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Where everyone else is walking in. So, yeah, you, you feel as though... Don't you, even notice that Jacob's just kind of sitting there. And he's going, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, wait a second. All I need was a horse. That the timing wise would have been just about that way. Jacob, while you were standing there waiting for this guy to come out, you see Boris just ride up. Well, it's this like, sells <laughs> it. I'm, I'm buying fancy clothes. <laughs> and that uh, in a moment, he is just waved right in. And I, I doubt that that Tide even got out to see you yet. So you're still standing there <laughs> as Boris went riding into the place. Um, Interesting. I uh, hand off my horse to, I'm assuming somebody's approaching to take it from Of me. course, yeah, yeah there's pages just um, for that way. They, they take him wherever their livery is. And, uh, you know, kind of in passing as I do so, uh, where's the steward? Uh, and you're, they just point like in the direction of the main door. Mm. They don't even, you're probably already walking past yeah. them. There's no words they would even want to say to you. Um, so I'm going to uh, head in once actually inside the palace proper. I'll get uh, directions to the steward if he isn't in his office or to his office. Well, in that main gathering hall, it looks like the steward, though he has an office, probably an office complex, is often in this main greeting hall because he directs a lot of things from right there when he's right, not in yeah. a meeting in itself. And at this tour of day, I think it's very, very likely. Go ahead and uh, higher low. Hi. Uh, he's not there at the moment. Mm. So you are directed to his office, which means going through a different security check. So as you get to that security point past this main gallery, uh, there is, again, some of these same steely eye guards. Go ahead and roll a perception on these. Uh, do you want perception or do you want siege craft? That you know, we're what? discussing about, you know, kind of assessing as like, if I'm, if I was trying to take this castle, I like that from a tactical point of view. That that concept we had developed last game. I think so it was yeah, a few games ago, but whatever. Roll that now. I had set up that siege craft like off the top of my head, and I was thinking that it should be more of a proficiency based something, yeah, instead of like a level based, which is my own advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, the old instinct. roots coming through. Uh, but I still think an intelligence check, proficiency, but do it as. Um, proficiency with expertise. All right. Not going to complain. That actually bumps me up one. Oh, but okay. <laughs> uh, natural Half 15 you have made for it even easier. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I think that last one was a bit too overpowered. Here's more. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not quite bounced enough. Here's more stuff. <laughs> yeah. I try to be a good DM. <laughs> You're a very good DM. You've made me very powerful. This is, is going to hurt later. <laughs> yeah. So again, you go right through this checkpoint without any issue and you're starting to feel like not that their their checkpoints are uh lax you think their people are uh, are more scary than what like city guards would be sure. and certainly way more than the guards you think that any one of these guys could take on and beat jordan kane right that each one of these guys is really really tough that they're not so, trained like city guards or palace guards. Typically. Why are there so many and why are they here? That Those are great questions. But Yeah, back burner for now. But you do note too that you being like bold forward and acting like you own it seems to be right in their own mindset. So they might even be getting something of a one of us mm -hmm. vibe from you and they're more likely to pass it because... They wouldn't want to. He's a nobleman. He's doing nobleman things. Um, I don't want to know what he's doing. It's not my job. But not the kind of nobleman that, that would desk jockey a war, the kind of nobleman that's leading the charge. Right. And that's a different kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder how many of them recognize the sword. Yeah. That, that'd be its own thing. Yeah. Sure. So uh, you are now at, uh, you, you've reached the, um, uh, his offices. And let's see. Uh, yeah. So whoever there's, there's an me. attendant outside of, uh, of uh, Stuart Brink's office. Uh, and then there's a knock on the door and they open it immediately and you are announced. And you can see that that same Stuart from the other day, Octave Brink is uh, behind his mm -hmm. desk and standing, uh, my Lord, what is it may I do for you? And he waves the, uh, 
the 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 um, attendant away. Um, I uh, step in. Thank you for seeing me so quickly. Um, I wish to know more about the history, the architecture of uh, of your city. When my father was tutoring me in siegecraft, I, I gained an appreciation for architecture, and I have seen buildings here unlike any other anywhere else. Uh, a, a worthy, a worthy skill to develop in yourself. Um, he's making an assessment of you, and he seems to accept it that that that's a very reasonable thing for you to do. Uh, he rolled low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being completely that, honest. <laughs> and, and he had advantage. I rolled a nine and a six natural. I was a little surprised at my own rolls too. Right. So he he leads you into side room and says, you are always welcome uh, here in the palace itself uh, to uh, peruse the records that I have kept. Uh, there is much on the architecture of the palace itself and a, a number of those documents have been kept here in my own offices. And he directs you toward where these things are and it's both bound books uh, old school bound where you can lift off the one cover and put right, new pages yeah. on and rebind it as as more information is has been added. And then also scrolls in those, you see them now like in restaurants where they put bottles of wine in the wall, that there are scrolls stacked mm -hmm. in these little like, you know, diamonds or rectangles on their on their point. And and there's information in that. And he pulls out a couple and he lays them out looking mm -hmm. at the structure, the architecture, the original build of it, the, the later build of it. And he said, you be welcome to stay here for as long as you want. And and to understand of the building of this palace and the castle that is at its root. I had heard tell also that uh, Karnkeldley is home to a magnificent library. Oh, the Veda uh, Library. Yes, it's the most magnificent library. Would it be possible for me to see that as well? Um, I'm. He takes a deep breath. He's like, it would be. And roll that as again as a persuasion. Okay. The natural 16 for another 23. Wow. As he's like taking that deep breath in and he's looking at you and thinking about the things you said, he said, yes, I, I could do that. And he produces pen and parchment right then. And he is drafting a writ right now. And in that writ, he's identifying locations in the library to which you have access. He doesn't say anything about the places you don't have access to, but just where you do have access. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he dates it and he signs it, blots it, and then rolls it up and presents it to you. This uh, writ will grant you access to 80% of the documentation in the library. There are some things that are still withheld, but with this knowledge, you will gain access to the library itself, which is not open to simply anyone, but then it will also get you to most information and certainly architect's information, 100% of the architect's information, but 80% of the library in total. So if anyone inside the library says, I am sorry, this writ does not grant you passage here. Uh, that is simply for, I'm sorry, security issues or information that's stored there that's on a need to know. Of course. Thank you so much, Lord Bl Lord Brink. Blessings to the wise upon you. Uh, and thank you. And, uh, and a blessed day to you as well. Uh, I, I think I'll stay in like kind of these palace records for an hour to not appear rude or that I was trying to like gain something in particular from him. Um, but in kind of the preparation of that writ, I do want to gauge if I can see where he's putting any you know, seals, particular inks, parchments, that kind of stuff. I, I With that kind of um, precision uh, access, I, I want to know I can get the tools I'll need to go back in to the rest. Yeah, if sure. I need him so later. go ahead and make that as a perception roll. Okay. 19. Yeah, so you notice a couple of things through this whole process. One, that he does put will be tantamount to like a notary seal on mm -hmm. this, that it doesn't melt out like a wax. It might actually be a magic something, but mm. there is a seal stamp that he used on the paper, and now the paper itself looks altered where that seal is over his own signature. Interesting. So it's definitely been validated by him doing just that. And then as he steps into what would almost be like a like a butler's pantry mm -hmm. as he steps into that and you're watching him go you can see that he has opened what looks like a safe or a lock cabinet of some sort okay and he sets this thing in there and it looks as though there are different different seals that he could use not just like this one that he has interesting but he's going through this as you two are talking about architecture right and he must have a fascination with architecture himself because he says a few more things about, you know, the, the, the crinolines that are in here yeah. and other things that are happening here. Uh, and as 
as that the conversation ends and he gets back to himself, he actually has the look of like, oh, I just went through a number of routines that I go through that normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't do in front of a person that he catches himself, that he realized that he broke one of his own security protocols, but he's probably hoping you don't notice it. Yeah. And I don't know if you want that as a persuasion, but I wouldn't want to use in the earlier roles. Okay. I wouldn't want to tip any, in any way that I recognized that I'm a nobleman's son having a conversation about a thing I like, and that's all the more I am. But, um, but you are aware that there's multiple seals and mm-hmm. where they are. Okay. And then you're there for an hour or so yeah. looking at your stuff. Okay. Well, let's see. So you're still in training. You are still talking with him. Yeah. So an hour later you leave. It's still on you. Yeah. Um, I'll retrieve my horse from the palace livery and, um, yeah, the valet horse parking <laughs> as he leaves, I'm still sitting out there. Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the time. So no guards, let him in. <laughs> I would think just do a perception that you noticed Jacob standing off to the side as you went in. Yeah, you, sure. you I definitely... bet I would notice him. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, no, you everybody, noticed noticed nobody noticed Boar's riding up, but would you even notice that Jacob 53. was over A 53? Oh. <laughs> I heard percentage. I, I... <laughs> you roll really You roll like well. me. Have a nine. <laughs> you actually didn't notice that Jacob was one of the peasant looking people. Really? With a 53? <laughs> Man, he doesn't even look at me. <laughs> Everyone notices that Jake were kind of waved to the side, and that guy just totally blew him off. Oh my god! Oh, I'm getting some dirty looks at dinner tonight. Oh my god! But I have my own room. I'd be on the couch otherwise. Now, <laughs> you are aware coming back out, Boris and mm-hmm. Jacob. You'll notice this later on that security going out is almost non-existent. They barely pay attention to you on the way out. That is interesting. Because that, and that has some implications to it. And yeah. I would say more myself, but you, you're riding back out and you're holding out like very, you written documentation, whatnot. And a guy casually, and he's kind of waves you on like, yeah, go, go. And, uh, you leave. Yeah. Um, I will head to the Veda library, um, to exercise this writ. All right. So riding in that direction and is you're taking the basic directions he gave to you, mm-hmm. it's easy to find. You'll lose the the top of the building but he'd said it's the large domed building and there are very few that have that are that large that kind of a dome and so you lose it for a moment you ride further down the street and there aren't there's not a lot of horse traffic in the street so most of them are just moving at just a just a slow what would that be a canter Mm -hmm. and i get the impression you're riding a little faster than that so Uh, it's like i want to hear somebody from willow saying out of the way peck (laughs) (laughs) as you're riding by uh yeah it not obviously not as a full gallop, but a bit more than a canter, um, so that people just kind of part. And they are. And you find yourself riding toward this building. It is its own palace. And it might have been a palace. It right, looks yeah. palatial in the way that it's set up. Uh, large dome building. Looks like it's a copper domed building. A lot of stonework. And as you're riding up, you see they have their security too. Yeah. Um, is there anybody around to take my horse. Uh, there are so many people around right here that it looks like there's a village that just hangs out in front of the, the security to the library itself. Marvelous. Most streets are like open air markets apart from the main streets in the, the Vista area that, that, that are clear the whole time. Most of the streets become an open air market, the side streets, not so much. But in this area, it looks like there are so many food carts, food stands. There are so many people trying to get into this library. It must be a line of like 30 or 40 people and their entourages too. And you're already noting the dress of people. Some of them definitely look like they're confederation. Some look like they're corpsmen. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, everything in between that there is just... It's like the the central market in old European city. Right. It's just a mosh pit of people just everywhere moving. And so your horse comes almost to a stop and then a walk as moving through this as just everything's going on in this place. Right. But the the main flux is to head toward the library itself. But the line is long. Okay. Um, I think more or less the same that with this kind of a writ, this, you know, that much official paperwork right i'm just gonna bypass the line um 
So you can't ride up with quite as much flair as before. Sure. But as you come to a stop and you and the, the man's already looking up, he's holding out his hand and hand as you're rip. stretching it down, you know that there is a boy at your left foot and he's saying, Take your reins, sir. Um and I uh hand him the reins, uh dismount and what would I gauge to be typical kind of coin is like a tip to hand a a boy like that. Oh, like a copper or two, maybe three would be, you'll probably retain the guy for the rest of the day. I hand him a silver. Ooh. All right. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Clive Bannister's livery stable. Bang. Um, and thank you, boy. At once. And should I stand there and guard the horse or, oh, never mind, sir. Uh, and he grabs one of his buddies mm-hmm. and the two of them go off of the horse together. Um, uh, before he goes, and your name? Tim. In case I need to know later. Um, so then you know, continue handing the uh, writ to, um, he's already taken it and done yeah, that. Okay. So the, the documentation is approved and he doesn't bat an eye that you just bypass the entire line. Um, neither do I, <laughs> he hands it to you and he's, he said, of course, my Lord, uh, go ahead and roll a perception on this do you guy. Want perception or siegecraft again? You know, I like, I, I like that so much to keep forgetting about it. Yeah. Make that siegecraft <laughs> roll. That it's using your tactical knowledge as uh, okay. a trained warrior. That's an eight for a 16. Nice. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's Expertise really nice. helps a lot. Yes. You note a couple things about him. One, he's that same kind of steely-eyed guy okay. that's guarding the palace. That's that kind of dangerous, way better. And just their mannerism, how they move, how they react, just everything, their, how their eyes move. Yeah, no wasted motion. They're, yeah, they are not city guards. That these guys could just eat city guards for breakfast. Right. But at the same time, they're armed differently. Where okay. Where those palace guards had um, halberds and they had long swords. They were in chain armor that had different reinforced points. These guys are in half plate. Wow. It's actually, it's a whole different Taybard too. Okay. The, the ones being worn by the palace look like the, the Arkland right, Baroness, yeah. baronial seat. These are different. They, they have a different pattern to it. Instead of being the anvil and three stars for, for Arkland Barony, these guys have a book and two stars. And it, it's weird that they're not showing the same allegiance yeah. in the same city. Yeah, it is. But you get the, the impression that these guys don't work for the Baron of Arkland, and yet they are a hardcore fighting force that right here in the city. That there's somebody else that runs this library, and yet responds to baronial authority. Right seems. to that authority, but it comes to who has access to it, at least to eighty percent of it. I'm very nervous that I don't have my armor and the rest of my party. <laughs> yeah, that it's. It's potentially a more dangerous place than what you realized going into this right now. Thanks for listening. Send us memes, art, and fan theories on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Empire's Edge. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on subscribestar.com slash the-empires-edge.